mentioned that we'll talk about the blessing part two, right? Yeah, today will be quite interesting and I want you to pay particular attention as I teach you the word of God. Uh, last time uh, I looked at the blessing, I did indicate or rather I mentioned uh, that when we talk about being blessed by God or being blessed generally, if we were to ask everyone in this room to, to mention what they would regard or what they would term as being blessed, the answers would be different, right? For one person, uh, being blessed is just simply ensuring that they clear all their courses in university for them and then afterwards they get a good job. To another person, being blessed is just, it's enough to have family around them and whatnot. You know what I mean, right? It's, it's relative, it moves from person to person. It's never the same. However, what I did mention is that we should learn to see things from God's perspective because your own perspective of being blessed is limited. Your own perspective of being blessed is, um, I don't want to say shallow, but let me say it. It is shallow. You understand that, right? But when you begin to see things from God's perspective, you will notice that things are different. So how God sees things and how you see things may be different. And one of the reasons why we come to church and why we learn the word of God is that we get to learn God's perspective on several matters when you're in church. All right? The word of God reveals his mind to us. The word of God reveals his thoughts towards us. Uh, when being a pastor and having ministered in different places, um, the audiences are quite unique, really. Sometimes you go to a particular place, right? And, and the only message they want to hear for, for in that particular place is just simply uh, which witch must die. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? They want to be killing witches because they think if a witch dies, then their blessing will be opened. You know what I mean? There are even particular prayer points that whoever is sitting on my blessing, I don't know how they were sitting on it. Must stand up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So, and then when you teach them what the word of God says, sometimes it's hard to accept. You know? Because there are people who've grown up in church. And then when you show them what the Bible says, they think you're lying to them. Even when you're opening the Bible, say, let's read together. And they think you're lying. And that's like, if I was to teach in many places, really, okay, not just in Zambia here, but around the world, if I was to stand and teach and to say, look, we are all sinners, but God forgives us. That sounds right, eh? But is that biblical? No. It's not. And many people would accept if I say like, Every, everyone here is a sinner. But we're hoping for Jesus to come and take us to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? One time I heard uh, someone preaching and they made a statement. They said, 
uh, you know, we all get discouraged. I just scroll down because not everyone gets discouraged in life. <laughs> Don't put everyone in the same bracket. <laughs> you understand? That's why I get discouraged time time. <laughs> and we accept. <laughs> we all we all get discouraged. We all fight. We all fight. Our, at every, every, some people actually say every level has got its own devil. I've ever heard such things. I've seen such, I've seen strange things, especially in social media, we just laugh. You know? What that means simply, in every phase of life, you've got your own, you've got certain demons that fight. Mm -hmm. Crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Crazy, crazy stuff that people believe. But I want you to come to a place where you believe what God has said about you. I don't know if you understand. I want you to come to a point where you you don't see yourself based on the things you've done. You don't see yourself based on the things you have. But you see yourself according to how God sees you. And you relate with God according to how he sees you. That's very, very key. And it's very important. And until you get to a place where you see yourself the way God sees you, you will never see yourself the way you're supposed to see yourself. Alright? Until you see yourself exactly how God sees you. You will not. So, for example, when you read the book of uh, Matthew chapter number 5, verse 13 to 16, the Bible calls us two things there. Number one, it calls us the light of this world, and it calls us the sword of the world, right? Of the earth, right? Yes. We've seen that before, right? Mm -hmm. The Bible says you are the light of the world, right? And then it says you are the sword of the earth, right? Yes. Now, that's very, very key. If you don't see yourself as the light of the world, you will walk in darkness like everyone else. Now, what's the purpose of light? What's the purpose of light? <laughs> now, I want an answer. What's the purpose of light? If you enter a room and you turn on the light, why do you turn on the light? Sorry? What <laughs> you see? There are people who see in the dark, maybe. Who knows? There are people who can see properly. I hardly have lights on somewhere so and I see properly because <laughs> my vision is really really good so the whole purpose of of light is simply to shine you understand that right the whole purpose of light is simply to do what to shine that's the whole purpose of light to brighten up where there was darkness right where it, it aids now for people to see and uh and even just touch things properly. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. If you're cooking and then um, there's power, of course, but the bulb is off. Mm -hmm. You may add things that you're not supposed to add. Mm -hmm. You understand that, right? So when the Bible calls you the light of the world, it means without you, there's darkness in this world. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the Bible actually says, let your light shine. He doesn't say that God will cause your light to shine. He says, let your light. In other words, you are the one responsible to ensuring that your light is shining. And then it also says, you are the, you are the sort of the earth. What's the, what's the purpose of sort? <laughs> Test, right? Yeah. If you've tasted food without sort. 
So when the Bible says you are the salt of the world, it means you actually add taste and flavor to the world. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. But then, if you don't see yourself like that, or you just think you're in this world, just like to just pass through and then die. And then God will judge you. <laughs> the purpose of light is to shine. The purpose of salt is to what? To add flavor, right? To bring taste. So it means you must be bold about the declarations, about, about declaring what God has said about you. There are so many things God has said about you in, in the scriptures. Right? He said that he will be with you to the ends of the world, right? You know what the Bible says? Some people are not agreeing. We've never seen those scriptures. You've never seen those? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I need to start teaching you all over again. It says he will be with you mm -hmm. to the end of the world, right? Yes, That's what the Bible says, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So why do you pray, God, be with me as I go somewhere? <laughs> start with us and finish with us. Notice that some prayers just. <laughs> Even as we start, Lord, be with us. He says, I will be with you. Where two or three are gathered, there I am. We don't have to invite him. Lord, come. From where? <laughs> no, from where? <laughs> no, as, as we come before you, where are you from? No, in prayer, I say, I tell him, God, as, as we come before you, where are you coming from? No, where are you coming from? <laughs> where were you? Now that you're back, we come before you. From where? I thought we live in his presence. <laughs> As we enter your presence. Oh, really? Anyway, there are so many things that I hear that are just strange. But I'm looking at the blessing today. We don't come in God's presence. We live there. Mm -hmm. All right? So today we'll look at a man called Abraham. All right? We'll look at a man called Abraham. Very interesting man. He's one person that if you're talking about the blessing, you can't, you can't teach without referring to him. You really, really can't. And you know, a lot of believers think Abraham is a standard for the blessing, but he's not. He's really, really not. But we'll get into that as we go. <laughs> Do you know that God promised the whole world to Abraham? When you read this Bible, God told him you inherit the whole world. That's an amazing. Imagine God telling you the whole world is your inheritance. Now, this is not your grandmother talking, your grandfather talking. This is God. God who created everything. Telling a man, say, look, I'll give you the entire world. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Let me not get ahead of myself. One time God appeared to Abraham before I read the scriptures. And uh, God told him that his descendants would be as, as many as, uh, first of all, he told, told him two visions, right? He told him, first of all, to look at, to look at uh, sand, right? Remember that, right? Yes, sir. Do people read their Bible? 
God told Abraham. Okay, the first the first aspect was to tell him to look. Just look at sand and whatnot. And it says your descendants will be as many as these, right? And then the first second one, God told him to look at the stars, right? And then the Lord says, the descendants will be as many as these, right? You know why they were you know why why God had to them of the two? They were symbolic. The sand was symbolic of his biological family. Abraham was, many people are going to come from. Remember, all Israel came from Abraham. All of it. All the Israelites that have been born, they all came from Abraham. And then the stars were symbolic of the spiritual family. That's why Abraham is still called the father of faith till now. So there are two types of descendants of Abraham. That's why every believer is still a descendant of Abraham till today. But that's a story for another day. Genesis chapter number 12. Genesis chapter number 12, verse 1. Genesis chapter number 12, verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, this was before his name was changed to Abraham, Get out of, get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And then verse 2 says, And I will make you a great nation. That's number one. I will bless you. I will make your name great. All right? And says, and you shall be a blessing. And then verse 3 says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And then it says, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What, what, what a promise. What a promise, right? Can we see that? So there are several things. I'll look, I'll look at about six or seven, five, six, seven uh, blessings that God proclaimed to Abraham in this. And we'll, we'll get remember talking about the blessing. So, the first thing God appears to Abraham and tells him to get out of his, his, his country. In other words, leave your country and go to a land that I will show you. It's like God telling you, come on, just get your passport and go, and go to the airport. Where am I going? Lord? Just go. I'll tell you when you reach there. <laughs> it takes a lot of faith to obey. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> takes a lot of faith to obey. And this is, this is the thing about God. God will not, um, when God is communicating something or when he's telling you something, the challenge that a lot of people have is that you want to know everything at once. For example, God will tell you invest in this business. You want to know how much profit you will make, who you work with, and everything. But if God says do it, that's do it. All right. Abraham moved without knowing where he was going. He just started off. He says to a land that I will show you. But anyway, so number one, the first thing we'll get to notice here is uh, it says, I will make you a great nation. That's number one. So in other words, God promised greatness to Abraham. I don't know if you've, you've seen that, right? He says, I will make you a great nation. I will make you a great nation. God didn't say, out of you a great nation shall come forth. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will make you a great nation. So God promised Abraham greatness. Tell your neighbor greatness. greatness. Yeah. And the, the amazing part is this. When you read, this is Genesis chapter number 12. When you read Genesis chapter number 11, you get to, story, there's a story about people who, uh, who tried to make the Tower of Babel. Remember that, right? The Bible says they wanted, they wanted to make a tower that would reach heaven. And so they can make their name great. And in the following chapter, God promises what, everything they wanted. God promised to one person. <laughs> everything they aspired to be, 
God met this, this one person and God promised him greatness, saying, I will make you a great nation. Very interesting. So Abraham didn't have to pray to be great. Abraham didn't have to sow seeds to be great. God spoke to Abraham and greatness entered the system. In other words, there was nothing Abraham could do that would end up being great. That's what it means to be. That's what it means when God blesses you. Whatever it is, Abraham, no matter, no matter how much he tried to resist greatness, it, it will just land on him. <laughs> Interesting. And then it goes on uh, to say, so first is greatness, right? And then he says, and he says, I will bless you. So in other words, now he's telling them, I will bless you. In other words, he said, look, the blessing of the Lord will actually rest on you. And I told you last time, I told you, say, look, when we're talking about the blessing of the Lord, we are not, uh, the blessing of the Lord is not what you have. The blessing of the Lord is what causes you to have what you have. So when you, when you limit or when you define the blessing based on the things you have, you are looking at the fruit, not the tree. I don't know if you understand. So when you're defining blessings simply because you, are, you managed to pay school fees that term, or simply because you managed to buy that car, or to, to, to attend those grades, or to have this particular money, or to even have a family around you, if that's what you define as a blessing, it means you're just looking at the results and not what the blessing truly is. And this is what... This is, this, is, this, is, this is what Satan actually tries to do with a lot of people. He tries to make them focus at a particular thing. Now, what happens with the number of believers is this. Because they focus on a particular thing, for example, you focus on the fact that, uh, what would people term as, as, as a blessing? Maybe a car, right? Right? Yes. Maybe having a car, right? So, imagine, let's say you have a car. Whatever kind really that, that, that you want to imagine. All right? And because you have a car, you easily move to places that you wouldn't easily move to if you're using public transport, right? Yeah. So now, if that car broke down, or that car one day was just stolen, <laughs> you know what I mean? So if, if one day that car, something happens to that car, you no longer have it. And now you have to go back to using public transport. It means if you are seeing the car as a blessing, the moment it's not there, you're no longer blessed in your eyes. That means even if the blessing was at work to cause another car to come, because you're looking at the wrong thing, it will not come. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So don't look at something and term it as low. I am blessed because I have this. I am blessed because I have this. Even if I didn't have that, I was still blessed. Even before I attend this, I am blessed. You understand? Before I acquired anything. So God promised Abraham, saying, saying, I will bless you. Very interesting. So the second thing was blessings. All right. So first thing, God promised him greatness. Second thing, blessings. And the third thing, he says, I will make your name great. What it means for your name to be great is that, <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to imagine this. 
how great the name of Abraham became. Pay, pay attention, okay? Listen to me. Have you ever gone to a particular place? And maybe because maybe someone who sent you there is, is well known. Right? And they ask you, and then we say, oh, I've been sent by Mr. or Mrs. or Miss. You know what I mean, right? And then immediately people respond. You know what I mean, right? There's a way that their name carries influence in that particular place, right? There are certain people who have jobs simply because of their surname, right, in this country. You get it, right? There are certain people who don't struggle. That's why you must work hard. Ensure your children. <laughs> when, when they just mention your name. <laughs> you know? Not Mr. Ngoma, but yeah. <laughs> when they just mention your name. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, imagine God tells him, I will make your name great. Do you know where the greatness of Abraham comes from when it comes to his name? When it came to his name. Imagine, it reached a point where whenever God wanted to introduce himself, he referred himself to Abraham. He said, I am the God of Abraham. And people would know, oh, this is the God. In other words, people would not know that this is God unless they mention Abraham first. Imagine God connecting himself to a person's name. Who sent you? The God of Abraham. And people respond. <laughs> they, wouldn't even, they wouldn't even say the almighty God. They would say the God of Abraham. <laughs> now that's greatness. Your name, having a CV in God's name. <laughs> says I will make your name great. <laughs> they would offer sacrifices in the name of the God of Abraham. <laughs> And God would respond. <laughs> Even when God met Moses, he told him, look, I'm the God of Abraham. And Moses knew, oh, this is the one I'm dealing with. <laughs> so the third thing God promised Abraham was influence. And influence not just on men, but on God. Because even God was going to be influenced if someone prayed to the God of Abraham. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing, right? Yeah. Imagine those levels of influence. And there are many people right now who are fighting to be influential. Battling to be influential. This world of social media, everyone wants to be influential a certain way. All right? And then, uh, says, I will make your name great, right? And the other thing, it says, and you shall be what? Look at me. Mm. We're reading scriptures here. Don't look at the one who's walked in. Mm. Pay attention to me. Mm. Why trying to make her look feel shy? Mm. <laughs> Says, and you shall be what? Yes. You shall be what? Yes. So, the, fifth, the, the fourth thing that God promised here was to make him a blessing. Now, what it means to be a blessing was simply that Abraham was going to be the point of contact for God to bless men. What that means is, if God wanted to bless someone, Abraham had to be the point of contact. <laughs> says, I will make you a blessing. In other words, for you, you won't just be blessed. You shall be a blessing. 
where you are, the blessing of the Lord is. When you speak, the blessing of the Lord has spoken. When you bless, God has blessed. That's what it means to be a blessing. So I said the fourth thing was what? It's going to make him a blessing, right? And then he goes on to say, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those what? Yeah. So that shows you, that shows you the, the, the fifth thing, which was protection. So God promised him protection in that moment. What God was trying to say in that moment was, look, anyone who rises against you, I will rise against them. And I don't think anyone would want God to be their enemy. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because if God is your enemy, who will speak on your behalf? No, who? One time God appeared to a particular king in the Bible and told him, you're a dead man. <laughs> Imagine God calling you a dead man. God says you're dead. Ah, you're dead indeed. No, there's no prayer you can pray. Just, just die. <laughs> just start dying immediately. Don't even wait for anything. So he says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. In other words, God was telling him, say, look, anyone who rises against you, I will rise against them. All right? And that is why, don't you wonder why whenever someone would rise up against Israel, the Lord would also be angry. Say it from this. God made a promise. Because Abraham was going to be that great nation. And then he says, the last thing, he says, uh, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He says, in you, all the families of the earth. In other words, as long as there's a family on the earth, in Abraham, they're going to be blessed. That's impact. He was going to make impact in families. He was going to make impact in other people's lives. And you know, when you read about... Uh, and that's why I'm saying you have to learn to see things the way God sees them, right? When you read about, uh, you know, Abraham was actually a prophet, according to the Bible. When you read about men like Isaiah, men like uh, Ezekiel and whatnot, their levels of depth in the prophetic is different from Abraham. Very different. They function differently. But Abraham was called greater. Abraham was known to be greater than, than all these guys. That's so why if you, if you judge yourself or your relationship or your standing with God based on how you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you, you may be deceiving yourself. There are certain people who, their work with God is just too deep, too intense. Imagine God reached a point where he says, where he, he decided he was not going to destroy a city until he consulted Abraham first. Abraham had to give an opinion to God. Imagine, their friendship, his friendship with God reached a point where God could not do anything until he spoke to Abraham first. He said, let's reason together. You and I, let's talk. And then they would have a meeting mm -hmm. and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Interesting, eh? So those are the blessings that God promised to Abraham, right? Now, the Lord appeared to Abraham again in Genesis chapter number 17. This one we read from the King James. KJV. 
Genesis chapter number 17. Genesis chapter number 17 verse 1. We'll read going down. Up to a point I will, I will stop. Genesis chapter number 17 verse 1. It says, And when Abraham was uh, 90 years old, 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to, to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Interesting, right? In other words, walk before me and you will be perfect. This is something that a lot of people right now don't even want to accept. That it's possible. But God told Abraham you will be perfect. We all have flaws. God says you will be perfect. There's no one who is perfect. There's like a flaw somewhere. God said to Abraham you will be perfect. <laughs> no, the only man who ever lived was perfect was Jesus. God said to Abraham you will be perfect. He wasn't even the only one God spoke to like that. <laughs> Imagine God appearing to you and tells you, this, tells you something this deep. And then he says, verse 2 says, And I will make my covenant between, between me and thee, and multiply thee exceedingly. I will, in other words, I'm saying, look, I will multiply you exceedingly. Alright? And then verse 3 says, And Abraham fell on his face and talked with God, saying, uh, as for me, behold, my covenant is, is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Interesting, right? It says, Thou shalt be a father of what? Thou shalt be a father of what? Yeah, and then he goes on to say, uh, Neither shall thy name uh, any more be Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations I have made thee. Let's pause there. Says the father of many nations, I have made thee. In other words, I've made you a father of many nations. Now, this was before Abraham even had a biological child. God tells him, I, will, I have made you, not I will make you. He says, I have made you. You know, the name Abraham means father of many nations. So, in other words, every time God was calling him Abraham, he was calling him father of many nations, and Abraham was responding. Abraham was answering to how God was calling him, not, to how, not, not what was happening around him. Imagine a man who is 99 with no child whatsoever. And God tells the father of many nations, say, yes, sir. And he's answering. <laughs> and other people are calling him father of many nations. Abraham was answering. The Bible actually says with Abraham, it says he staggered not at unbelief through the promise of God. You know what that means? It means even as he grew older, Abraham did not doubt the promise of God. You know what that means? Maybe let me explain it this way. God promised Abraham, saying, oh, you will have a son. Remember that, right? Yes. God promised this guy, saying, you will have a son. 20 years passed. Nothing was happening. The promise came to pass after 25 years. In that period when nothing was happening, the Bible records that Abraham's faith grew, grew stronger. Hmm. You know what that means? Abraham didn't go back to God every time he was praying. Lord, because I can't do. <laughs> At once. <laughs> that can promise, Lord. And every time, maybe someone around him would even have a child. Would even, mm, yeah, my promise. <laughs> the Bible says Abraham was giving glory to God and his faith grew stronger. He didn't even doubt. Don't you think in 25 years he had, he had, he had seen other, children, other people even giving birth? And having children. Probably did, right? 
Was Abraham discouraged according to the Bible? No, not once. Lord, these things happen to everyone, but not me. <laughs> me, when I pray, other people, when they, other people, other people. The Bible says he staggered not at unbelief. He, did, he, he, he wasn't, he, Abraham, Abraham didn't, didn't have a, a moment of doubt. The Bible records that his faith grew stronger, stronger and stronger. Your faith will grow strong in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Very interesting man, right? <laughs> Says, the father of many nations, I have made thee. And then, uh, when verse what? When verse 5. And put down is verse 5. So in verse 6 now, right? And then he says, And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. <laughs> Interesting. It says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And it says, And I will make I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of you. Wow. Very interesting, right? It says in kings, I will make nations out of you, and kings shall come out of you. Not these kings who proclaim themselves, self-proclaimed kings, young king. <laughs> Love yourself, king. Other, maybe another person even calls you king somewhere. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Actual kings. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> Young king. <laughs> I laugh whenever I say that. <laughs> Even my young king is also answering. Yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus is Lord. Verse 7, right? And then he says, I will establish my covenant between, between me and thee, and thy seed. After thee in their generation for an everlasting covenant. In other words, the, the covenant will be everlasting. It will never end. Hmm. And this says, to be, to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. Have you seen that? So now God is promising the blessings now to, to both Abraham and his seed, right? And then it goes on to say, verse 8 says, And I will make... And I will give, I will give unto thee and thy seed after thee the land wherein thou, uh, thou art a stranger. All the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. Have you seen the land God is telling him? Have you seen the land God is telling him, right? Yes. Canaan, right? Where was the promise unto to Moses? Canaan. Mm-hmm. So it was a promised land to who? To Abraham. So it was called the promised land. God promised it to Abraham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in other words, <laughs> Abraham was in Canaan there. And God said, look, this land I will give you. You will inherit it. In case you didn't know where, where the name promised land came from. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> and then he says, to, and then it says, I will be their God. Alright? And then it goes on to say, verse, verse 9, right? It says, uh, And God says to Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant before, uh, thou shalt keep my covenant therefore, and thou in thy seed, after thee in their generation. All right. Then he goes on. He kept promising uh, in this one. Now, when you look at Galatians, it talks about now Christ was actually the seed God was talking about. 
So the Bible says in the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter number 3. Galatians 3. Let's go there. Galatians chapter number 3. So God made all these promises and every promise God made to Abraham was applicable to his seed, who was Christ. Galatians chapter number 3 verse 16. Galatians chapter number 5 verse 16. The Bible is very clear. Galatians 5 verse 16. The Bible says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Have you seen that? Galatians chapter number 3 verse 16. Are we there? It says, Now to, Ab to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, right? He saith not, and he say, he say, let me read from the, from, from the NKJV. Let's go to the NKJV, New King James Version. It says, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say to his seeds. It was not plural. As of many, but as of one. And to your seed, who is Christ? He's telling you, say, look. <laughs> the seed God was talking about, there was Jesus. He didn't say to your seeds. Say seed, one. So the Bible says in Galatians. Galatians 3 verse 16. So, whatever it is that God was saying to Abraham was applicable to Christ. Why do you think Christ easily influenced people? God said it to Abraham. Why do you think Christ easily had impact? God said it to Abraham. In other words, when Christ came, he was working in the blessing of Abraham. The Son of God functioned in the blessing of Abraham. <laughs> there was so much power given to this man called Abraham. And amazingly, when you read the scriptures, for example, Jesus defeated sickness, right? Right? Jesus defeated death, right? When did that happen? When he died and rose from the dead, right? Before he died, how come people were still being healed by God? How come he healed people before, before he died? How come he raised people from the dead before he died? Abraham. The thing God said to Abraham was working for Christ. It was working. It was functioning in that blessing. Maybe let me show you something. So that you see what I mean. Ah, uh, Luke. Luke chapter number 13, verse 16. Luke chapter number... Luke chapter number 13, verse 16, from the KJV as well. Luke chapter number 13. Verse 16. So Jesus healed a woman on the Sabbath. And there was commotion among us religious people. How can you do this on the Sabbath? Luke chapter number 13, verse 16. Are we there? What does the Bible say? It says, And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, Are you seeing that? Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed 
from this bond on the Sabbath. You know what Jesus was saying here? This woman is the daughter of Abraham. Shouldn't she be loosed today? In other words, why, why is the daughter of Abraham being bound? <laughs> In other words, she had the ability to walk out of it. But that's a story for another day. Anyway, I remember one time I was teaching someone and I, I was teaching somewhere. Do you know that in the Bible, <laughs> let me, I know, I'm trying to find the best way of putting it so that it doesn't confuse people. Do you know that the Bible calls Jesus the son of God but he never called himself that? He called himself the son of man. Anyway, let's not get into those things. <laughs> Jesus functioned in his authority as the son of man, not as the son of God. Maybe let me explain it this way. You know what son of God means? It means God in flesh. One time Jesus caught, say said, he, he called himself, the, well, he indirectly called himself the son of God. He didn't say it directly anyway. He called himself the, the son of God. The Pharisees almost killed him. Because they knew what son of God meant. Imagine a man standing and saying, look, I'm, I'm God in flesh. <coughs> when you touch me, you've touched God. Ah, they almost killed him. You, the son of Joseph the carpenter. <laughs> son of God. Ah, they couldn't take it. They couldn't take it. But anyway. <laughs> Very interesting, right? And then, let's go to Galatians chapter number 3. Let's go back to Galatians chapter number 3. Galatians chapter number 3. Back to the NKJV. Galatians chapter number 3, verse 26. Galatians chapter number 3, verse 26. Galatians chapter number 3, verse 26. It says, are we there? Galatians chapter number 3, verse what? It says, for you are all sons of God. Hmm. Story for another day. <laughs> for you are all sons of God. Through faith in Christ Jesus, right? And then it says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You know what that means? The same way I'm putting on this jacket. It says you've put on Christ. <laughs> so for as many of you as, you, as, as have been baptized, this is not talking about the baptism of water. <laughs> no, they baptize you, come out. No. No. <laughs> says for as many of you as were baptized into Christ. Into Christ. You know what it means to be baptized? The word baptized simply means to dip into, to dip into, to immerse. That's what baptism means. The word baptize comes from the Greek word called baptizo, which means to dip into. In other words, to get something and dip into it completely and take it out. 
So if you are baptized, you just sprinkled water on your face. That's what baptism. That was a bath or something. I don't know what they call it. <laughs> because baptism means you dip someone into something and take him out. So if they just baptize your head. <laughs> no, that wasn't baptism. You just washed your face. Who we'll baptized you again? Properly. <laughs> All right? So, so it means you're baptized into Christ. In other words, you are dipped into Christ. For as many of you, of you as have baptized into Christ, it says you've put on Christ. When you baptize someone, you take them out. Which part of the body won't have water? That's what the Bible is trying to tell you there. Every part of you is saturated by him. He goes on to say, he says, there is neither, there, there is neither Jew or Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ. There's the answer. Should, we, should, should women preach? There's, there's no male or female. That's what the Bible says. Spirits have no gender. Verse, 20, verse 29 says, and if you were Christ, sorry, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you are Christ, then you are Abraham. Now the, the seed was singular, right? Meaning Christ, right? But now that you belong to Christ, you are now that seed that God was talking about that day. Hmm. <laughs> And then he says, <laughs> says, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And says, heirs according to the promise. Hmm. You know, an heir is simply someone who is entitled to an inheritance. In other words, the promise that God made to Abraham on that day. Because now I am the seed of Abraham. Hmm. When you understand this, you will stop asking God, God, make me great. No, God bless me. God said it to Abraham already. He said, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. When you read that, you remember I am Abraham's seed. In me, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Hallelujah. The Lord. Say it out loud. Say, say I'm the seed of Abraham. Say it like you mean it. Say, I'm the seed of Abraham. Yeah. Says if you are Christ, then you're Abraham's seed. <laughs> if you are Christ, then you're Abraham's seed. What God said to Abraham is applicable to me today. Go back and read what God said to Abraham. Says, I will make you exceedingly great. I will increase you exceedingly. Says, I will make you fruitful. Out of you, I will make a great nation. Hmm. When I read such things, they excite me. I no longer just see myself as someone who is just in a particular place. Now I see myself from the light of the scriptures. Now I see myself in light of what God has said. And if, listen, if God was able to call Abraham as Abraham before he even had a child, and he was able to respond, it means even if I may not see some things around me yet, when I see that the Bible says I'm the seed of Abraham, I confess it. I believe it. It is so. It is so because God has said it. I am the seed of Abraham. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? The blessing of the Lord is on your head. You don't ask God to bless you. From, from what? I thought he's already done it. Is that what we read last time when we looked at the blessing? In Ephesians chapter, chapter, chapter number 1 verse 3. Right? 
Ephesians 1 verse 3. The Bible says that we're already blessed, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go on. Let's read some scriptures. The seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham. When you read the, the, that's the, next, the next verse, remember it says you are, you are heirs according to the promise, right? Heirs according to the promise. Heirs according to the promise. You know what it means? It means, <laughs> it means the blessing of Abraham. We've inherited it. It's my inheritance. It is not something that, you see, there are people who, who are waiting for heaven to enjoy certain things that God promised for earth. The Bible says you shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It is not in heaven. The land of the living. <laughs> right here. Don't wait till you get to heaven for you to enjoy certain things. I usually tell people, sometimes some believers when they get to heaven, they will realize that they suffered on earth for free. No, they will realize it was for free. <laughs> for free. Imagine getting there and realizing, ah, Jesus said, actually, I paid for this. So, so you mean? <laughs> I was going through this for free, yes, sir. <laughs> oh, yes, ma. <laughs> so, so free, yes. Jesus paid for it. The seed of Abraham. <laughs> the seed of Abraham. Now, Chapter 4, verse 1. Galatians itself. Hmm. Chapter 4, verse 1. Hmm. Chapter 4, verse 1. Are we there? Just the next verse. You don't even have to uh, look around. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Now I say that, that the heir, hmm. talking about heir, right? The one who is inherited. It says that an heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from the slave, though he is master of all. Uh oh It brings up another issue now here. It says an heir. In other words, this guy who is inherited the world like Abraham, this guy who has, the, who has received the promise of greatness, this guy who has become, this guy or this young lady who God has promised, look, you, you, you've inherited the world. You've, you've done this. You've done this. You've done this. God has promised. It says, as long as he is a child, does not differ from a slave. <laughs> this answers why there are certain believers who still walk in certain things. They're children. And we're not, talking about, we're not talking about, see, you, you can be 50 years old, but a child in the faith. We've met many who are children. Children in the faith. Children, grown up. There, there, are, some, there are some here, another, one person here can be 20, another person here is 27. The one who is 20 is way older in the faith. They can sit the one who is 20, who is 27, down and say, let me teach you the word of God. And you listen. <laughs> so spiritual growth doesn't come with age. Me, I have gray hair. I've been in church for longer than, you, than, you've, than you've lived. Thank you, sir. But let's sit and open scriptures now and discuss what the Bible says. <laughs> it says an heir, as long as he's a child. It says as long as. In other words, if you're a child for 20 years, it says differs not from a slave. It says though he's master of what? Of all. I want you to see what the Bible says there. The heir. Is called master of all. He's referred to as the master of all. Alright? As long as the child. If maybe you live somewhere, uh, if you've gone somewhere, and let's say you are being uh, 
I'm not sure certain examples, they may be, they may, they may hit home for some. And it may be painful. <laughs> Assuming, let's say you, you were entitled to certain, uh, let's say sums of money, maybe because of your parents or your guardians or whoever really left it to you, right? Now, when you're, you're entitled to all those things, and maybe you're, you're a child, right? Maybe you're 10 years in that, I mean biologically or, or physically, right? You are a child. Let's say you're 10 years old or nine. The person who is meant to be your driver or whoever can send you to go bring him water. And you'll go. Right? Mm -hmm. And bring them water. And even new. Out of respect, right? Because they're older, right? Now, when you realize who you are, and they send you to go get water. <laughs> the dynamics change. <laughs> you only do it because maybe you're a kind person. But if you don't want to, you just say, ah, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> 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 and there's nothing they can do. <laughs> you understand that, right? Yeah. Why? You've grown. But if you're a child, you will be bullied by the people you're supposed to be sending. You will be sent by the people you're supposed to be sending. Right? You will be beaten by the people you're supposed to be sending. You will be shouted at by the people you're supposed to be sending. How together? Yeah, I remember one time, um, I have a relative, and uh, when, she, when she had, um, when she had um, little babies and whatnot, she hired uh, a maid to take care of, to help take care of the children, right? Now, they reached a certain age, obviously, almost nearing their teenagehood, their, their teenage days. Now, she had, she had some good thoughts that were, that if I was the father, I would be upset. Mm. Very good thoughts. And the thoughts were, she wanted to make, she wanted to start help making them do certain chores around the house as she sits. Now, the good thoughts are they were going to learn how to do chores, but she didn't get paid to sit. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Yeah. And it happens in some homes. Maybe you find the maid descending someone, help me sweep there. But you get paid, that's your job. <laughs> you get the point, right? Yeah. But then if you don't know, or you're a child, you will think, ah, oh, this is auntie. Go buy rape. Ah, auntie has sent me. Her job, she gets paid for it. Auntie has sent you. You're a child. Now, you, maybe who is in your 20s, and they, and they make a, kindly just help me sweep that place. You just look at her. What's, what's going on? What <laughs> 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 I mean, what's going on? <laughs> you know? Why? You've grown. And that's what the Bible is telling you, telling you there. So, see, look, yes, you're the seed of Abraham, but as long as you're a child, you will live like a slave. Yes, you're the seed of Abraham, but as long as you don't grow, grow in what? In the word of God. You grow in the knowledge of the scriptures. What, what has God said concerning you? What has God said concerning you? And you must be, you must have a hunger to know everything God has said concerning you. You must have it. You really must. 
What has the Lord said? Concerning your mind, what has God said? Concerning your health, what has God said? Concerning your body, what has God said? Concerning your spirit, your inner man, what has God said? Concerning your finances, what has God said? Are you following? What has God said concerning even your academics? What has, what has God said? No, no, the Bible didn't say anything about, about, about my school. Why are you sure? Have you read the Bible? That's your story for another day as well. <laughs> There's nothing the Bible didn't address. It goes on to say, it says, verse 1, let's go back to verse 1. Galatians 4, verse 1. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. Number one, the Bible says you're a master of all. Why do you think Jesus could walk on water? He mastered water. <laughs> Why do you think he could, he, could, he could cast out devils with ease? And then he says, but it's under the guardians and stewards, but it's under guardians and stewards until the appointed time by the father. Right? So in other words, until the father sees that this one is grown. An example. What's my example? Let me let me let me, let me show you, teach you what, what the Bible actually says. I've taught this before somewhere. What the Bible, uh, remember one time, Jesus. When he was baptized, the father said, this is my son, right? In whom I'm what? Remember that, right? Yeah. Why that's important is because these guys came from a Jewish culture. And in Jewish culture, even if a son is not someone who is just born a male, someone who is matured or who is grown. Maybe let me explain it this way. If let's say uh, I have two children, right? All right? I have two, two sons or two children, both male. And one is maybe 25, the other one is let's say 22 or 23, somewhere there, right? What happens, what, what used to happen for them is that when a son reaches of age, or when the father has realized that this guy has grown and is able to take on certain responsibilities, the father would have to announce to everyone, say, this is actually my son. What that meant was this. What me as the father can do, is able to do it. What that meant was, if there are 1,000 workers in the yard or on the farm or in, in a company or whatever it is really. And only I, as the father, could command them. Now that he's my son, he's of age, he can command them just like I, I, I can. In other words, this guy can walk in my authority. I don't know if you understand, right? He can do what I can do. He can assign like I can assign. That's why Jesus had to be announced that day. Say, this is my son. In other words, God was saying, look, this guy, <laughs> one time God, Jesus says, he made a striking statement that most people don't realize. 
He says, he said something. He says, as the father has life in himself, so does the son. You know what that means? <laughs> what he was saying there was this. God doesn't get life from anywhere else. He's life itself. I don't know if you understand that, right? He doesn't get life from anywhere else. He's life itself. God doesn't take in oxygen. Sometimes if it runs out, then he's done. Jesus was saying, look, just as the Father is self-sustaining, I am self-sustaining as well. He was speaking when he was in the flesh. <laughs> so as the Father has got life in himself, so does the Son. <laughs> in other words, I'm self-sustaining. I don't, need, I don't need this, I don't need that. I can live. <laughs> Interesting, right? Sonship. That's why it says, so the Bible says there, it says, uh, the heir, of course, is under guardians and stewards until they're appointed by the father. Now, the father was about to say, okay, this one has grown and move you to sonship. Talking about authority there now. Authority. And that is why, even let's say when we talk about the believer's authority, all believers have got the same authority. But functioning in that authority are two different things. Not every believer functions from the same place of authority. There are others who've caught it a certain way. I don't know if you understand. One time the disciples tried to cast out devils and they couldn't do it. Jesus walked into a region and demons manifested. He didn't even say a word. He simply entered into a city. And the Bible said demons manifested in that city. His presence alone could cast out devils. Let's go on. Tell your neighbor, grow. Look at them and say, grow. Yeah. And then he says, verse 3. Now, I want you to pay attention to this one. He says, even so we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. Oh, oh. You know what it means here? Ah. It says, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. The seed of Abraham is not supposed to be in bondage to any element of this world. Maybe let me give an example of a certain level of bondage that maybe some of you are walking in, but you are seeds of Abraham. There are people who think they can't do certain things until they have a job. Yeah. This I can't afford until I get a job that pays me this much. Bondage to the elements of this world. When we were children, we were in bondage to these things. <laughs> the seed of Abraham, you who is inherited everything. The Bible says all things are yours. You are waiting for something. <laughs> when you understand this, you will know that, look, when you go in a particular place, for example, when you are working somewhere, you have a job, and you're working there as whatever, really. The Bible says that will make you a blessing, right? Right? 
That's one of the promises God made to Abraham, right? And where he said, right? He says, I will make you a blessing, right? So when you go there and start working there, what does that mean? You've brought the blessing of God in that place. Don't think you, you can't do without them. <laughs> when you start limiting yourself, say, look, there are certain people who, even when, when they get fired, they think they will die. They think it's over. Like, life, life is just done. With this economy, how will we survive? We're, we're done. Anyway. Let me wrap up. I have so many, so many things to say. There are things that I can only say in another class. Let me end by saying this. Earlier, when I started, I mentioned that you must be bold about declaring who you are. You must be bold about declaring what the Bible has said about you. The Bible has declared that you're the seed of Abraham, right? The Bible has declared because you are Christ, you are Abraham's seed, right? You must be bold about declaring that even in prayer. No, you must be bold. Sometimes you have to remind yourself of what the Bible has said. Sometimes you have to remind yourself of this, this is what the scriptures have said. And because the Bible has said this, I walk in this. Because the Bible says this, this is my life. So when the Bible talks about Abraham this, Abraham that, Abraham, see, this is why I've told you, go back and see the things that God said to Abraham. Go back and see the things that God did in Abraham, to Abraham. Go back and, and look at those things. And the Bible says you're the seed of, of Abraham. All right? God made a covenant with Abraham. And it was an everlasting covenant. All right? Yeah. And just as a, by the way, I don't know how to nicely say this without offending what someone has grown up believing. God no longer makes covenants with people. <laughs> he doesn't anymore. I'll tell you. Maybe let me give you an example. Each one of us here comes from a home, right? Right? So either you've got a parent or a guardian, right? Okay, let's assume the relationship you have with your parent. Is that a covenant? Is that a covenant? No. God made a covenant with Abraham. We are just beneficiaries. For us, we're in a relationship with God, not with Abraham. When I said, firstly, the Bible of Abraham, the Bible says, I will make your name great. You know what that means? Don't, don't become that believer who does whatever it takes possible to make your name great. The Bible says, I will make it great. Your job is to believe what God has said. Right? And work in whatever field you are in. If you are a doctor or whatever field you are in, uh, an engineer, a nurse, teacher, whatever field you are in, your job is to simply work hard in that field. It is God's job to ensure that your name becomes great in that area. Your job is asking you to work hard. Are we together? And when you believe what God has said, everything God has said, you will see the manifestation. And I always tell people this. 
When it comes to believing the word of God, don't believe it in part. Believe all of it. No, believe all of it. Believe all of it. When you read certain, certain portions of scriptures in the Bible, you must, they must excite you. They must go to the core of your spirit. You, you, must, you must rejoice at the word of God. You must be excited about what God has said. Praise God. Yeah. You must be excited about what God has said. Because God has called you his seed. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. Right? Hmm. Say after me, say, I'm the seed of Abraham. I want you to say it like you mean it. Say, I'm the seed of Abraham. The blessings of Abraham. Follow me. I walk in the blessings of Abraham. I manifest the blessings of Abraham to my world. I am a blessing to many. Say it like you mean it. Say, I'm a blessing to many. I walk in greatness. I was born great. I manifest greatness. And through me. And in me. All the families of the earth. Are blessed. People are knowing God. Through me. People are seeing God. Through me. In Jesus name. Celebrate the Lord.